Episode 3, Dreadfire. Dreadfire knew not to hesitate when Tagrin yelled after him and Ronus to follow. Now that Tagrin sat behind him on his horse, Sapphire, Dreadfire could feel the elf handling his shoulders like they were reins. They galloped through the streets, carving rapidly into alleyways, calling out for the citizens to clear the way. Not every peasant made it out of the way in time. The pair of horses knocked some of the innocents into the sewage puddles that frequently outlined the streets of Popper's Quadrant. It's getting away. Turn right here, into the alley. Now left. Tagrin yelled directions and yanked at Dreadfire's shoulder plates, trying to secondarily steer the horse below them. Meanwhile, Ronus trailed closely behind on his steed, Nemesis, and the three weaved through the city, chasing after nothing. At least, that is how it seemed. Dreadfire knew that that is how it looked, but he also knew that Tagrin would not make them pursue nothing so aggressively. We are running out of road, Tagarin. Dreadfire knew that a normal horse would slow down instinctively as they approached the six-foot-high wall that marked the end of the road, but this horse was no ordinary steed. It was a phantom steed he had called forth to this plane to serve him however he saw fit. And so, when Tagrin made no indication to stop, Dreadfire found himself needing to pull abruptly at Sapphire's reins. Ronus followed suit, stopping Nemesis quickly, and the two otherworldly horses came to skidding halts, nearly crashing into the wall. The wall was only six feet high, but it stretched hundreds of meters in each direction. What is this wall for? Dreadfire asked Tagrin, who always seemed to know the answers to any trivial question. This is the great graveyard of Nulvagar. Tagrin exhaled in defeat. Shit. We don't have enough holy water for the whole yard. Dreadfire still wasn't sure what they sped through the city for. Why did we come here, Tagrin? Tagrin dismounted from the horse and approached the long stone wall. He outstretched his hands, feeling the rough surface, as he looked left and right down the expansiveness of it. Whatever was in the body of Topher is likely looking for a new host. As Tagrin made his theory known, Carrot finally caught up to the group. Topher? You speak the name of the halfling undead as though you knew him. Dreadfire wished that Tagrin had been less forthcoming in his answer. He himself was a paladin of devotion and could not carry out a lie on his own. At least, not this lie. Yes. The creature, well, the halfling it looked like, was a man we knew named Topa. The human carrot walked up so that he was between Sapphire and Tagrin. He looked at Tagrin, who was still faced away from him, touching the wall. You must have done something north of awful to have a halfling folk come back from the dead to kill you. We didn't do anything. Dreadfire interrupted, looking down from his horse upon the new stranger, Carrot. Dreadfire could not lie. He knew this. He did not speak lies. And yet, he felt like he just did. But he thought for a moment. We did not do anything. He felt himself question his memory. In remembering, he had to acknowledge the guilt he did not realize had festered within him. He could remember the poor halfling, Toper. Toper had begged them to track his wife, who had been kidnapped from their woodland campsite. He always did enjoy their music at the inn, and so did Tagrin and Ronis, so they offered to help. It wasn't their fault that when they searched the campsite, 
the kidnappers left no real trace. He could remember Tagrin handing the desperate halfling a short sword and wishing him well on his quest. He could remember thinking, If we can't find your wife, you'll be searching the forest for a ghost with a sword in hand. He had decided to believe that Topher would have gone into the forest to search for his wife, and he would have failed. Topher would have grown tired and defeated, returning to town knowing he did all he could. But his wife was dead. But perhaps what Dreadfire decided to believe was not the way it transpired. Perhaps Topher did find what he was looking for. And all he had when he found them was what Tagrin gave him. A short sword and some words of encouragement. Dreadfire was sure of it now. He didn't do anything. But that was just the problem. He felt the guilt begin to rot within him. He thought about his purpose he thought he served, and he felt the guilt rot a hole inside of him. He felt like a shell of himself. Tagrin must have sensed his memories taking him prisoner, because the elf broke the silence that bed the dragonborn's thoughts. I do believe that might be the way he saw it, but that was nearly a year ago. Carrot looked like he was listening intently even after Tagrin finished speaking. After a brief silence, he responded, It sounds like we might be dealing with a revenant. At least that's what the voice is telling me. Okay, Tagrin sarcastically accepted the remark. You are going to tell us what this voice is that speaks to you. I will as soon as I understand myself. Carrot gave a mischievous smile, seemingly unbothered by Tagrin's juvenile stab. What we need to do first, though, is warn the city there's an undead creature running amok. You saw what he did to the poor peasant girl. He cracked her head like an egg. Right. Tagrin seemed to accept the deflection. In that case, we should make way to Castle Nulvagar at once. Perhaps the court mage has some insight on the matter. Dreadfire was surprised. As long as he knew Tagrin, it always seemed like the elf had the answer to every mystery tucked away somewhere in his robe. But to see the confident mage acknowledge that another may be more knowledgeable was a level of humbleness he had rarely seen from the silver elf. As they headed north for the castle, he wondered what the court mage of the city would be capable of if he elicited so much respect from Tagrin. He wondered if they would even get an audience with any member of the royal court. He and Ronas had built up a bit of a reputation for their swordplay over the past 20 span, but Carrot was a nobody, and Tagrin has spent all but a day in the city. He hoped that the tales of the dragonborn tiefling and two elves that slayed the drow mage in the lost cave less than a year ago would have made their way into the courts of Novigar.